Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Heyo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, the full CHGO White Sox crew filling in for our CHGO White Sox beat writer, Vinny Duber. It's Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> welcome in. The last time I wear a beanie on this show. <laughs> it's our first time ever having you on the show. We're Mercy. very excited and uh, glad you can make your mark on the White Sox community. So way back in, what that what was that? Herb, 1990 something. Mm-hmm. Me and my brother got a PlayStation, the original recipe PlayStation, and the first game we got with it was Parappa the Rappa, or however you're supposed to pronounce it, and it was impossible. We could not do it. There's the <laughs> there's the uh, level, the opening level. I think the opening level because I don't think we got much further than that, where he's at like some sort of like dojo, like mm-hmm. doing karate with a man who has an onion for a head. So hard. Then there's one where he's taking a driver's lesson. Mm-hmm. So. How old is Parappa the Rappa? 16, it's I guess. It's a cartoon, though. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't... They're not saying Parappa the Rappa is having a joyride. It's not like he's stealing his mom's car. It does seem like... Oh, it, no, know, this is an official there's, thing. There's no rules. So you think in the Parappa-verse, yeah. you, get your, you get your driver's license at a younger age. I think age is just a number in the Parappa-verse. I, th- <laughs> I think, you know, as long as you show maturity, uh, that, gotcha. that's all that matters. Gotcha. And that's why you need to go to karate class with the with the onion guy exactly that's the most important thing there's also a college humor video from like 2009 where they play that video so if you're trying to get any footage of parappa the rapper i've 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 lived it sean yes you have (laughs) uh i'm gonna go bust out my gray ps1 now uh man in the middle is herb lawrence hello you can follow him at ecknerwall 23 is our chgo white Sox community leader uh you can follow me at sean underscore w underscore anderson you can follow the show at chgo underscore white Sox. make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button and if you haven't yet hit that big red subscribe button. We are getting closer and closer to 50,000 subscribers. The uh, Bears show is doing a great job in Indianapolis right now, uh, building up that subscriber base. But why not help us out? If you're a White Sox fan and you haven't subscribed yet, uh, subscribe to our channel. And if you uh, you know haven't told your friends yet, why not tell them now? We also want to welcome in our new diehards, Kevin, Sarah, Brian, John, Chad, Daniel, Darnell, Jim, and Clement. Maybe. Matt Clement? Just first name Clement. Oh, okay. So, like, yeah. Cl- Clement Samuels? Remember Herb when they gave out the, uh, little, the little uh, microphone topper thing that you put on, <laughs> that you, they had you put on your chin? That was funny. When I think about Matt Clement, I think about that game versus Boston where the White Sox just blitzed him in the ALDS. And our one uh, audience member, Cody Delmendo, said uh, Matt Clement, Cubs legend. Our so. one audience member. Thank you very much. Uh, he's, 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 got a re- he's got a recurring role yeah. all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, and he looks thrilled about it. Um, for being produced today by Sarah. Hi. Hello. I, I am not the one who just became a diehard, by the way. I've been a diehard for two years now. Is this the Kevin that became a diehard this last it one? Might Kevin be. Russell Esquire? I have no idea. Mm, but Kevin let us know. Joining us. Yeah, very, very, very uh, preppy. Mm. Be on your best behavior. Uh, Sean, uh, quick question. I'm so sorry. Was that Sarah spelled with an H or an it was, A? It was no H. No H. It was H. more like the okay. Fleetwood Mac song of 1977 album okay. Rumors. Still. Thank um, you, Sarah. Yeah. 
bonus track. Is it a bonus track? Don't believe it's on the actual originally released album. I'm only listening to the. You're only the, listening the to it on Spotify. You just assume yeah. everything it's on there. Do you know who doesn't know that? Who? Pedro Grafal. No, he doesn't. I, I don't <laughs> think he. I, I feel like you should revisit that topic. Uh, if he, I, I think he likes you. Uh, if, I was gonna ask him that after our interview. Like it was on my mind. Like oh, you know, if there's some post-interview banter, I should ask him about his his music tastes. Uh, and then he had to like do actual Scram. work so yeah <laughs> see this is, might be the thing like last year he was given those generic ass answers and couldn't give an answer for which favorite uh fleetwood mac song now he's a little bit more relaxed he's like no nah, no nah, i don't even like fleetwood mac i was just joking because you know somebody was catching me up because how could you secondly <laughs> wow i know i thought you were gonna make the joke that it was just like the uneasy band that everyone likes like no one no one's gonna say yeah. no one's gonna like rip you if Not that's gonna the rock band the boat yeah. i'm the i'm the only person that doesn't like fleetwood mac Ever, I'm like uh, who? Like who's a universally loved player person? Like Dave Grohl, I yeah. would be, or like Bill Murray? I would be on the other side, but I love both those guys. I'm on the other side of Fleetwood Mac. Love mostly because my fiance loves them. So you just you're contrarian. It. You're yes. contrarian. Thank you. You're not a contrarian. I think that you just don't know what good music is. Wow. Wow. I mean, even though I so didn't, Courtney's played it so much that you just have no. Disdain. She doesn't. She doesn't play it that much, but she does listen to that Silver Spring song. Also, every, a bonus track every on, once in a while on the on the release. And she's like, "Look how much she hates Lindsey Buckingham." <laughs> it's like, true though. Like, how, look how much she hates him. She's like that song is written about their relationship. I don't understand how it's a bonus track. Anyways, uh, make sure you're following. Make sure you're subscribing. On today's show, we got Vinny chatting with Eric Fetty, the new White Sox. Then we'll talk about stealing a topic from CHGO Cubs. And then we'll get into some spring training chatter. Michael Kopech is making his first start of spring training tomorrow. Gavin Sheets had a big day today in two White Sox spring training games. He faced off against the Royals, but there was another game against the Mariners as well. So a busy day in the White Sox world. Before we get into the Fetty interview, do we just want to give a huge thank you to everyone out there. I know AJ supported the sale over the past three days. He got a diehard uh, varsity jacket, so we're glad that he was able to pick that up. Uh, but we did great sale-wise. Uh, very excited about that. I think we outsold all of our other uh, brethren's like DNVR, PHNX, PHLY. Uh, so we'll take the victory lap and uh, very excited about that. So if you did buy any merch yesterday, thank you very much for the support. We're very excited for it. And I think the clearance part is so that we could put new stuff in. So it's just more and uh, it's exciting in, uh, as the day goes by. Rumor has it. Rumors has it. Rumors has it. Good Monday job. might be a very exciting day. Oh. Mm. Mm. Good thing I... That's, that's what we call a tease. I was just about to say that. It's a tease. Mm. Good thing I took Intriguing. that day off. <laughs> great, great choice for me. Uh, but all right, let's quit wasting time. Let's get into the Eric Fetty interview. Vinny sat down with new White Sox pitcher Eric Fetty, and they started with Eric Fetty's excitement to be a Chicago White Sox. I'm gonna say it's been great. You know, I've had a lot of fun um, getting to know lots of guys, um, a ton of new faces like me. So I feel like everyone's kind of in the same boat. But um, yeah, it's been really good. I feel like you know days are going nice and smooth, We're getting our work done. But I'm I'm having a good time so far. What was kind of the um I don't know if interest level is the right word, maybe the excitement level to, to join this group specifically. I mean, you're a free agent in the offseason. What, what, what appeal about these guys? Uh, yeah, I, well, I've said, like, a big thing appealing was, like, you know, 
I wanted to, you know, be in a rotation and, you know, feel like I could hold down a spot and, you know, hopefully be, you know, a cornerstone for a team. And there was obviously space here. Um, but, you know, it's exciting. Some of the, the coaching staff I've heard, I was close to Giolito and he loves cats and called him as soon as, uh, you know, I knew the White Sox were making a really serious offer. And, uh, you know, he said it was a place he would for sure come back to. So that was, uh, you know, a good sign. Nice. And, uh, you know, you know, uh, Bannister, he's had, you know, a great track record of guys who throw, you know, similar to me. And you know, it's just a place where, you know, you want to play places, but you also want to have success. And you need guys around you that you feel like you can, you know, push in the right direction. So what was last offseason like for you kind of, you know, making the changes that you wanted to make to that, that ended up working out so well in Korea? Um, just like the biggest changes? Just like, I mean, uh, what was the what was the kind of the process like? You know, when when the twenty twenty two season ended, kind of. Yeah, I, it was the big like it's a, it's time to fix something. You know, my numbers were, you know, they speak for themselves and not being very very good, especially at the big league level. So uh, it was just kind of what adjustments can I make and um, grow the way they like adjust to the game. Mm-hmm. And so you know that was like building a breaking ball that was more horizontal than up and down, and uh, you know really getting a change up to. You know, that was, like, big for me this year, being able to throw to lefties and righties. That's something I didn't really have much in the big league. So adding those two, but um, going to a place where, you know, I could get that done here in Arizona and, uh, yeah, just, I mean, trying to overhaul, but while still keeping myself, uh, you know, true to myself in some ways. Where where did you grow up? Where are you from? Uh, born and raised in Vegas. Vegas. So yeah. what is it like for a Vegas boy to go to Korea? Uh, yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> different um you know luckily i tell people that's a very uh i guess westernized culture um you know they treated me so well which uh makes makes your life a lot easier but yeah it's definitely culture shock you know it's i say the, one of the hardest parts is like being in the locker room and it's a lot harder just like you know uh, you know, have conversations with the guys and, you know, there's more times than not you're maybe just on your own, but it makes you keep your work on, you know, you don't get distracted talking, you, you're, uh, you know, you're in the weight room and nobody to talk to, so you'll you'll really get uh, get after it and, uh, you know, so there's positives and negatives in that way, but um, I'm really happy I did it, I mean, be a year I remember for the rest of my life and probably the biggest year of my baseball career in the sense, so it's good. What what city were you, were you was your Team in. Uh, we're, it's, uh, the city is Masan. It's like a suburb of Changwon. It's okay. like the bigger name in the sense of like being in Glendale of Phoenix. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's like as far south as you can go. Not very touristy. So um, yeah, stuck out like a sore thumb there. And uh, yeah, working class people, but you know, kind of felt it made me really dive into the Korean culture because in Seoul, you know, you can find a lot more American food sure. and stuff. But down there, you know, it's like you're fully in. Which, I I think it was a good thing. Yeah, I mean, what was you know, obviously baseball is the same game, right? Whether you you know whether you're, whether you're speaking the language or not, you're still playing baseball. What was life like? What was it, what was it like? Yeah. There? Well, I mean, you, it, for baseball, you know, when you play so many games, you get in that schedule of just going to the field every day. But you know, luckily my girlfriend came with me, and we had every Monday off, and we'd always try to make a point to you know go out and look around and experience it, especially when we played in different cities. So that was good, but. 
but um, everyday life, a lot of walking. Uh, I mean, it's like living in I mean, some big cities. Um, but yeah, it was uh, once for sure at the beginning, very tough. Like you, you feel really awkward going into restaurants and trying to order, but you know, you started to get the hang of it, know a few more words and uh, get really good at pointing at things. <laughs> favorite dish? Favorite, favorite thing you ate over there? Oh man, we, they had like, um, it's like a hot pot type, like, you know, you get veggies and meat. They call it shabu shabu. That was, uh, I mean, my favorite thing. There was a place in, um, right below my apartment that, uh, you know, became a, a frequent at and, uh, I guess a regular. Good, good smell in the, in the apartment then probably. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. So, you know, we've heard from Pedro a lot about the message that he's trying to deliver to you guys. What does uh, fast mean to you? Yeah, I, I, I know it has an acronym to it, but I mean, I like to play fast. I mean, the game is moving with the pitch clock and, uh, you know, but, you know, you don't want to give people a chance to breathe when, uh, you know, when you're playing well. I think, you know, we're a team with... You know, not everybody has the highest expectations for it, but if we can start off fast and get the belief and get the guys rolling, I think, uh, you know, why not? You know, every, like, like I've had conversations. Nobody in here thought the Diamondbacks would be in the World Series last year. You know, there's going to be a team like that every year. And, like, why not us have the belief and, you know, play fast, start fast, and, you know, get going in that direction. Are you guys already kind of feeling that chip on the shoulder a little bit? I know, I know Pedro talked about the playoff projection and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, you never want to be in that situation. It's a different stuff, but I mean, they, they're trying to build a culture, and we want to be the start of that. And you know, that's what Pedro's kind of preached. And um, it's exciting to you know try to build something that's important. And uh, you know, we're obviously there's plenty of talented players in here. It's just getting everybody together. And uh, like I said, I think like starting off fast, I think will be important, and getting that belief that you know we can do this. What's it mean to you? Have? to have some guys I know obviously Chris prioritized improving the defense this offseason what's it like to have some guys behind you who you know are going to pick the ball up and throw it to first yeah I mean it makes you even more confident as a pitcher going after people in the zone Um, I mean obviously there's quality hitters but you know if you give them too much credit or you're worried about the guys behind you it makes it even tougher so I mean knowing that even if I give up a hard hit ball there's a chance to get it out and you know there's lots of quality guys behind you it's just Makes, makes makes pitching so much easier, and I know he did. They did a good job going out and really get like, um, like the, the defensive quality catchers, and I think that's you know huge. Been, what's it been like working with Maldonado, Stassi, and these guys this spring so far? Yeah, I haven't even really got to throw to Stassi much this year, but I threw to Maldonado, and immediately he was just talking about like, hey, this is how we kind of like, like first base coaches on certain teams will try to pick like where my gloves at. And he's like, just like veteran things like that. He's like, so if we want to throw up, we know you throw this pitch up in the zone and we don't want to give anybody a clue. So I'm going to hide that as long as I can. And just like little things like that really add up. And then he teaches it to other guys. And, you know, our young catchers start to pick that kind of stuff up. And, you know, that's super important. And it's, uh, you know, it's already been exciting working with them. What do you make of some of your fellow pitchers? I don't know how much you've been able to see them through the spring, but Cease, Kopech, I mean, 
the, the talent that these guys have. What do you, what do you make of them? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's definitely, like I said, there is a ton of quality here. I mean, Cease is a guy that, you know, if you say he's going to win a slam, you're not shocked, and that's awesome. You know, I know Kopech's been throwing absolute cheese in the pens already. Um, you know, I got to work out with Crochet this year, and I know he's, you know, pushing for a spot in the rotation. He's been watching him throw is unbelievable. So, um, I mean, it's exciting. I think there's, like I said, I think there's a ton of talent, and you know, we just got to get things to click. And uh, I'm excited for it. What about your personal expectations for yourself? You know, what, what do you kind of see in terms of being able to transition the success that you had overseas to, to back to the big leagues? Yeah, you know, I want to implement all the things I worked on, and you know, trust that you know they're st- they're going to be effective. But uh, you know, a big part for me is uh, you know being a guy this team can count on uh, in the sense of going deep into games and throwing a ton of innings. Uh, that's important. Whether whether you win or lose games, when you go deep, you save bullpens for next day, and you know, give guys breaks and help keep guys on the field. And you know, that's to me an important side that I want to do. Of course, I want to pitch well, keep that ERA low wins lots of games but uh you know doing those little things too they they matter and they, they add up over 162 you you mentioned kind of you guys are trying to build something here you you came in on a multi-year contract like your plan i'm guessing is to be here for for a bit like what what does it feel like to be somebody who could take this team to where chris sees it going yeah i think uh that's just one of those things where even in the clubhouse as much as on the field um you want to be a leader and uh lead by example that's I think for sure the best way I mean we can all talk a big game but um, you know being in the gym every day being in the the video room uh, trying to share knowledge that's like one of those things where you know I had a lot of great pitchers do that for me learning from Scherzer Strasburg guys of just you know immense quality but those guys are good because of what they do behind the scenes and uh, you know anybody that wants to you know hopefully learn I, I can teach them and uh, you know I, I look to learn from from other guys as well and you know when we sign quality pitchers from you know whether it be from the White Sox or other teams and just uh, creating one big you know smart well-oiled group you know that's a I think important part of the building process. That is Eric Fettuccini, the new White Sox pitcher. We are excited to see how he will play in 2024, and we'll discuss that interview in just a second. We're going to take a quick break and let you know about our great sponsors like Lining Kugels and Monster Jam. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monster Jam at the All-State Arena. This is Monster Jam. Unscripted, unexpected, unforgettable. This is Monster Jam. Come see monsters like Stone Crusher, Just Get Her Done, Scooby-Doo, Zombie, El Toro Loco, Megalodon, Monster Mutt Dalmatian, and... Grave Digger. If you miss out, you better be dead or in jail. And if you're in jail, break out. Experience big time family fun at Monster Jam. Live at the Allstate Arena. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The Allstate Arena. Link for tickets in the description. Be there, be there, be there. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I miss too. Uh, Kevin Russell in the chat is a new diehard. <laughs> what a so seamless thank you so transition. Much. Thank you, Kevin, for joining us. Make sure you join that Discord, too, so you can start chatting with AJ and all of us in there. I don't know how anybody can make it past Monster Mutt the Dalmatian. Monster Mutt Dalmatian. 
If you were going to drive a monster truck, wouldn't you want to be the driver of Monster Mutt Dalmatian? I mean, now. <laughs> Sounds like they're playing at the uh, Double Door later on yeah, this really. weekend. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Scooby-Doo. I just want to know if Truckosaurus is going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have a funny voice to read this in other than my own funny voice but, but uh, like, you know take people maybe maybe less of a funny voice but maybe you know you take them to a lakeside right yes oh. that's true so picture mm. yourself on a boat on a river maybe there we, you go. we should play the cubs theme under the this. cubs theme is very nice <laughs> uh but no guys if you are up in wisconsin or anywhere else in this fine country you can get your hands on a line in kugels because that's what you should be drinking. It's what I'm drinking right now. The Line and Kugel's Lakeside Cherry, which is just packed with cherry flavor. Uh, Herb's having the Sunset Wheat, which is absolutely delicious. Got a little blueberry in there. And the thing that I like the most about both of these is they've got this little these little canoers on there yeah. on the can. Man, I want to be these guys, right? <laughs> just canoeing around on a lake in Wisconsin, drinking beer. Uh Summer shandy season is coming up, obviously, once it gets a little warmer and I'm not wearing a winter hat. You can get your hands on a summer shandy or, you know, 150 of them and just drink them all summer long. Get ready to go to the jewels. You can pick it up wherever wherever beer is sold, obviously. But until then, they've got the honey vice. The not only that, the ones I was talking about earlier that we're drinking. It should be your go-to beer whenever you're just hanging out and doing something even vaguely Wisconsin-y. This is one of the tremendous... Uh, members of the group that I like to call Wisconsin Innovation. They took a cheese curd and said, let's deep fry that and eat it. They took a uh, open piece of concrete on the shores of Lake Michigan and said, no, 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 we need to get, we need to invite the black crows up here and have a summer fest. <laughs> they took a water park and said, man, it's a bummer. We can't do this when it's snowing outside. Why don't we put a roof on it? And of course they put all the delicious flavors into their line in Kugel's beers. Now here's the part that I, have, have actually have a script, script to read. Flavor life's simple moments with Line and Kugels. It is the official craft beer of the Chicago White Sox. Go to liney.com slash chgo to find delivery options near you. That's l-e-i-n-i-e dot com slash chgo. Or pick up Line and Kugels pretty much anywhere they sell beer. Line and Kugels. Flavor the moment. Celebrate responsibly. The Jacob Line and Kugel Brewing Company in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. I tell you what, Wimpy, they got all my money in Chippewa Falls. And that's I'll tell you what. I just noticed something that I'm pretty impressed with. Huh. Look at your can, Herb, and yeah. then look at Vinny's her, uh, can. It's different. It's different settings. Yeah. One's got a sunset because it's sunset wheat. Absolutely. And, and the other one's taking you, you know, lakeside. daytime at a lakeside. And they've got a story back Man. there. The they're talking about Rose Line and Google on that one. This one they're just talking about how they make this fresh, refreshing citrus with blueberry drink. Well, thank you very much, wow. Line and Google. I'm gonna yeah. have to. I think the ad read tomorrow should be just me reading this. This is. Wonderful. Give you a little <laughs> little history lesson of the Jacob Lennon Kugel Brewing Company. Join us tomorrow at around 5.20 p.m. Uh, Chip Chippewa Falls? Yes. Yes. Uh, we love Chippewa Falls. All right, let's get into uh, the Eric Fetty interview. What was your biggest takeaway with uh, chatting with Eric Fetty? Is he taller than Michael Kopech? Is he the tallest man in the rotation? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, he's taller than me. Um, Listen, I think the thing to take away, which you, you can tell by the uh, line of questioning that I had there, is forget for a second that, you know, you're just watching a baseball player or talking to a baseball player. This is a guy who had a pretty unique experience last year. Got to go and spend a year overseas in a foreign country uh, for his work. If you were at a party talking to somebody that had that experience, you'd be sitting there with rapt attention listening to the kind of experience that they had. So I think it's pretty cool that 
we can dig past the idea of just, oh, here are the mechanical changes you made and had success with in a different league. Here is, uh, you know, you being able to induce a lot of ground balls and win awards playing, doing your job in a league. Also, tell us, tell us what life was like. What was walking down the, walking down the street, or in his case, down the stairs, right, to get, to get a bite to eat. Um, and so I thought that was cool from a, from a person-to-person standpoint. Um, but listen, he's confident that that success is going to translate over. I know we've had questions about it and will continue to until we see him pitch in a regular season game. But he's confident. The White Sox are confident. I think I uh, you know, asked that question to Ethan Katz and, and said, hey, what makes you guys pretty certain that this is going to go from a league where, what, we've heard it compared to kind of double A, right, and translate to major league success? And he said, take a look at that ground ball rate. 70% last year in Korea. Um, the kind of changes that he made makes that you know, uh, a little bit more of the norm for him. We're going to see, obviously, if it becomes the norm once he starts facing major league hitting. But that is the thing that the White Sox really look at and say, that's worth banking on. That's worth them spending the free agent dollars on. So uh, it was, he's a good guy to talk to. Like I said, he had that cool experience, and I would like to hear more about it as the year goes along. But for, on the baseball side, the confidence, whether it's from him or the, or the you know, the coaching staff and, and team brass, uh, it's there that it's going to be able to be um, – success that gets carried over from one country to another. I think the mentality uh, is being, like I said, Pedro and Chris have pretty much set up the what the talking points are. And if it's just talking points, fine. But it seems like when you go to Paul DeYoung, you get the same uh, answers about, you know, talking about baseball, cons- uh, sharing information with your teammates to, you know, help them, you know, lift as you climb. And you get the same from Michael Kopech. You get today, Eric Fetty saying that it's like, I'm here to help. I'm here to advance this team. And as we were talking about, Sarah brought up, it's like, he believes, like, he's like, why not us? In that us against them mentality, they have to have that. Uh, we can say whatever we need to say. If they're going to win 61 through 85 games, they have to believe that. You know, the Diamondbacks probably in their heart of hearts, didn't think they're going to be in the World Series last year, but they thought they were going to be a pretty good team. And I think if you go by man uh, to the Diamondbacks last year in 2023, at the beginning of the year, it's like, what do you got here? And they'd be like, hey, we're going to be a team that you got to be uh, reckoned with this year. And I think the White Sox feel similar things as he brought it up in that interview. And with also what Vinny said with the ground ball rate being 70%, he struck out over 200 batters in the KBO, which is not a league like the American, like the um, MLB, where it's strikeouts are rampant. He was the only player in that league in 180 innings that struck out over that 200 uh, men plateau, and he was almost a six to one, six strikeouts to one walk guy, which is insane. So I'm looking forward to the guy actually pitching for the White Sox, and I know that we're going to overreact either way when he starts, but I think at the end of the year, if, like somebody said, if he's a high threes or low fours ERA guy, that's a win for the White Sox. Yeah, hey, I mean, he's got a 420 ERA, and, you know, he's making 33 starts or 32 starts. I don't think anyone's going to be upset with that. Uh, even, too, I think he's a guy that if he's having a really good start to uh, his season, I know he's got another year after this, but he might be a trade piece. Um, I don't know if the White Sox are going to be competitive, and you mentioned anywhere from 60 to 85 wins for them. Uh, that's definitely a, a big span that they could, uh, you know, 
be placed in at any point. Uh, you know, Fetty might make himself, uh, you know, interesting for another team. I also thought it was interesting that he brings up Lucas Giolito. Of course, Lucas Giolito is going to talk well about Ethan Katz, his former high school pitcher and, you know, White Sox pitching coach for a long time. Uh, but those guys being a part of the Nationals organization, both being drafted by the Nationals, working their ways up, and then obviously getting separated once Giolito was traded to the White Sox. But you know, maybe maybe just the the work can continue with Fetty. I think that, you know, we hear about the changes that he made, turning his curveball into a sweeper, and that obviously made him more effective in the KBO. We'll see how that pitch mix works in Major League Baseball. But is this the, the only strides he can make? I mean, we're very positive about Brian Bannister. He seems to be excited about working with Ethan Katz. Is there another pitch or another way that Eric Fetty could even make his his uh, his offerings more deceptive? Or can, they, can he make them more effective? It's going to be just very interesting to see how a guy that struggled so much in 2022. In uh, the years prior. Yeah. In the years prior, uh, bounces back. He's a former first-round pick, so it's not like he's, you know, a fourth rounder or a fifth rounder or a sixth rounder who just like fell out of uh, like charm or whatever, like a favor with his team. Like they gave him all the run possible yep. and he just didn't make it as a major leaguer. It seems like he's made some major league changes to his arsenal. And it takes some humility and some insight to yourself, knowing yourself to say, you know what? I'm not doing it here. And then to go to a different country, a whole different country, different customs, different culture, and do what he did. Like, think about, as I talked about, when Cuban players come over here and they got to adjust to what American culture is, the language dif- difference, and then the actual players that are going against them. He did the same, to, but to Korea. And, you know, it's in between double A AA or triple A talent. So, yes, he will probably have more success than he would have in the NL East like he was before. But that is a hard thing just mentally to overcome of, hey, I've failed out of the major leagues. And I can see him th- feeling that way and then going over there and doing his th- thing over there and coming back to the United States and say, hey, and now I'm back and I'm better than ever. And I'm now ready to attack this again because that takes a leap of faith uh, on your own uh, uh, self and then yeah, you said he's a first round pick to just like downshift and say all right I'm gonna go to the KBO and see if I can uh, recover and see if I can get my career back to where it is at the end of the day he only had like two final suitors with the White Sox and the Mets being in the finals so it's good for him that he took that leap of faith and now he's 31 with 15 million dollars in his pocket in the next two years one interesting note too from spring training you know obviously so much attention on what was going on on the other side of Camelback Ranch in terms of media attention uh you know the media from Japan coming over to cover Shohei Otani Eric Fetty had a not insignificant amount of mm-hmm. Korean media attention uh in the in the time that I was at spring training there um you know hey he was he was the MVP and the the Cy Young winner so to speak in that league last year so uh, you know, Korean media coming over to to cover Major League Baseball spring training are definitely going to go to the guy who was the best player in that league last year. Right. Made, made a lasting impression. And I think Kevin uh, in the chat up up there said, you know, Fetty uh, looking at his 1.5 career whip and 10 hits per nine uh, in a five and a half ERA prior to Major League Baseball. It is funny to just see how stinky, uh, for lack of a better word, he was in his previous Major League stink and then be so amazing in Korea, like just a complete opposite end of the spectrum. So it's just going to be interesting, interesting from, uh, you know, a baseball standpoint on how this guy adjusts. We've seen Merrill Kelly obviously go overseas and then come back and he's been better uh, since he's made those changes and, and, and went overseas. Same with Miles Michaelis really didn't make it in the major leagues and then and came back. 
and what about Eric Fetty's new teammate, Chris Flexen? And mm-hmm. Chris yeah. Flexen. There you go, too. Uh, we should ask, you should uh, bug Chris Flexen about Korea. I mean, get, them both, get them both together. I'm about to say, you, they speak you, two, you two go out, or you three go out to the favorite Korean barbecue or hot pot spot and get some food and there talk. You there you go. I, I, I did recommend to Eric Fetty that he, as if, if, if you're a North Sider, you know, I recommend he go up to the, to the Jungbu market and get some Ooh. Korean groceries up there. Ooh, yeah. I mean, you can go there on a, a Friday. Uh, I think it's a Friday and you just get like a, a ton of uh, uh, raw fish for like 30 bucks. It's like one of the best deals in the city. See, Sean's like, been to the Jungbu. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a, it's you're a, an, Avond- an avid Avondaler. It's a great spot over there. It's it's the most friendliest neighborhood, I think, what the sign says. All right. Uh, let's let you know about our friends over at Prize Picks. They're the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and they are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in football season may be over but the action on the floor and ice is heating up whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court there's no shortage of high stakes basketball and hockey moments this time of year so get in on the excitement with prize picks america's number one fantasy sports app uh, okay, I got worried when I said prize picks. I was like, did I just do a Jules thing? Is it prize pick? I, I got worried that I made <laughs> that plural. Uh, where you could turn, You're localizing it, Sean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. Uh, so the people can understand it. Uh, where you could turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. Conference tournaments are here, which means the biggest moments in college basketball are getting closer. Be a part of the action on prize picks for both men's and women's college basketball. And prize picks is a super easy, really simple to play. If you're like Herb and just know, hey, Io has been on fire and hot, you can already just go close click more on Io DeSumo's and then you just need one more player to pick. You can make these entries in less than 60 seconds. Always go with points, rebounds, and assists with Io. Right. He's only failed me one time. There, there's your herb tip of the day. Uh, go check out our friends at prizepicks.com slash CHGO and use code CHGO for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash CHGO and use code CHGO when you sign up. Pick more, pick less. It's easy... Or, it's not. It's not <laughs> as you. easy as that. It's that easy. Bless you. There you go. Thank you, sir. I don't know read. Charlie the Bacon Guy is based out of Woodridge, Illinois, and he makes craft bacon and bacon jams with over thirty different flavors. And I got the chili lime the other day, and I cooked about five up real quick. And I was like, you know, Charlie says that those uh, things are good for forty-five days in the package when they're not open, and then like five days after you open them. But like I was thinking, I was like, am I going to eat bacon again in the next five days? So I put it in the freezer. Yes, yeah. you are. I put it in the freezer. I was like, ah, I want to make it, make sure it's preserved and good. And then I just woke up one day. I was like, bacon time. So I went out and got that chili lime again, and it cooks up perfectly, even out of the freezer. Like, I didn't have to thaw it that long. It cooks up so great, even if you're putting it in the, in the pan, in the oven, in the air fryer. I prefer just picking it, put it in the oven so it's less splatter, and I think it comes out the best, less Less uh, limp, and I like it nice and crispy on the edge. Like, if you drop it on the ground, it should break up. That's the type I want it. It's then you va- can't eat it. Come on now. Oh, if you drop it on the ground. If you I drop mean, it on the ground, it shatters I mean, everywhere. I mean, our floors are pretty clean. I'll eat it still. <laughs> it's vacuum sealed and freezes great. Lasts in the package up to 45 days in the fridge. Six months in the freezer. Bacon jam lasts about 60 days in the fridge and up to six months in the freezer. Some of the favorites are maple, bep- maple pepper, cheddar, Korean barbecue, beer cured, yeah, Korean Eddie, barbecue. Let's go. Eric Fetty can get some of this. And he probably requested it. <laughs> Red wine, Jardinera, if he wants to indoctrinate himself into Chicago culture. French toast, applewood smoke. As I said, I got the chili lime. 
Our bacon jam flavors, which I got, is the original, but they also have bourbon, spicy, peach, etc. Bacon jam goes perfectly on anything. Scrambled eggs, toast, crackers, burgers, grilled cheese, cinnamon rolls, or Charlie's favorite, the spoon. You can pick it up, which is the most efficient way, or he can deliver your bacon straight to you. Or meet you halfway. He makes the bacon so you can bring it home. Head over to charliethebaconguy.com to place your order. On Instagram, it's charliethebaconguy. On Twitter, it's czthebaconguy. Email charliethebaconguy at charliethebaconguy at gmail.com. And his website, charliethebaconguy.com. Here's a thought. Here's a suggestion. Summer Shandy Bacon. Ooh, he made Malort bacon. I mean, I think we can do alcohol and bacon. I think that works. Um, I... Hey, next time you place an order, just say summer shandy bacon. What the hell is going on here? What do you mean? Are you, yeah, are you cracking? Are you making beer sound effects? No, not that. I'm yeah. talking about the, the well, two so, super. Oh, Sarah's so, cracking beer. <laughs> I did. A, I looked at this. It shows up as the Sheba dog in a combat position, but it's it's a GIF that oh, okay. you can see on YouTube. But yeah. on our end, it comes up like this. Just the thing. And it's 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 like a it's like a dog and kind of in the Parappa the rapper uh, dojo. I uh, got a, like a dojo headband. Sure, like it dancing. looks it looks nice. It looks friendly, but it it, it it also looks like it's punching you. Yep. But uh, thank you, Matt from Oakland, for the five dollar super sticker, and Courtney uh, for the five dollar super sticker as well. We appreciate the Sheba dog in a combat position. I just thought of some new reference that I wasn't getting. <laughs> no. It's just, a, it's just a dog making a cute little... Uh, you and know. that's why William said, uh, ooh, ooh graphics, graphics, because it's like little stickers that people can like pay us to then put like the little sticker things on it. It's just fun I, YouTube stuff. I, I wish it popped up on Ecamm. That's a, that stinks. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, that's Eric Fetty's interview. Thank you to Vinny for grabbing that. We'll have Max Stassi tomorrow to close out on the interview series. Uh, again, if you uh, want to follow Vinny slash Parappa the Rapper, follow him at Vinny Duber. And at allchgo.com, there is a transcript of your Pedro Grafal interview as well, if you are looking for more White Sox content. Uh, and speaking of content... Thank you to Luke Stuckmeyer because we stole his content idea. It is Leap Day. Happy Leap Day, everybody. Uh, who's the guy from 30 Rock? Leap Dave Williams. Yeah, Leap yeah. Dave Williams. Uh, everyone <laughs> said that's a bad uh, episode. I think that's it's a good a bit. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a good bit. Uh, so uh, let's celebrate Leap Day by taking some leaps here in 2024. So these are pretty much predictions for the year and just putting a leap day spin on it because why not i guess we didn't get presidential on presidential day true but anyways uh let's start with uh let's start with me i guess because sarah flashed that one first uh we'll take you through the categories and then i guess uh, maybe we'll bounce back and forth but why don't we start with which player will take a leap i'm going with yon mancata and I know that it's tough to say, like, take a leap for a guy that has gotten a $75 million contract and as Herb has, uh, you know, uh, bestowed him before, a top seven third baseman in Major League Baseball. Mm -hmm. I really think that this could be a huge year for Yoan. There's a lot of talk about him being healthy. I think that's different than the best shape of your life. I think it does seem a little bit more clear on his feelings on a day-to-day -day basis we knew he had COVID in 2020 didn't really seem like he bounced back a ton in 2021 even though he was still all right I think if he had a 2020 year people would be pretty excited but I think he's going to be even better 
than 2021. Over the past two seasons, an 86 OPS plus. Before that, a 116 OPS plus. We see how good he was in August. We see how good he was to start off the year at the World Baseball Classic. If Johan Moncada is healthy, and I know that's a big if, but I really do feel like he is healthy, Johan Moncada will bounce back and he will be a top seven third baseman in Major League Baseball in 2024. And I think it might be similar to Cody Bellinger. Uh, you look at Johan Moncada over 2022 to 2023, 790 plate appearances, an OPS plus of 86. Bellinger from 2021 to 2022 had uh, 900 plate appearances, an OPS plus of 66. He was horrible. I think that the health and maybe the clear direction of, hey, I knew it was working in August. You ended on a high note. I think Moncada took that in the offseason. I think he's been healthy this offseason, and I think he's ready to, to click. I mean, everything he told us throughout last season and, and certainly since the end of the season painted the picture of a guy who couldn't play. His back was injured in a way that he could not play. And, you know, as he did in the year, couple years, three years prior – he gutted it out and tried. Uh, he missed a lot of games, obviously, uh, uh, you know, at the end of the day. But he tried at times, and it looked awful. It lo- he, he didn't look like he was capable of really doing anything. Once that back started feeling better, like you said, a switch flipped, and he started hitting the hell out of the ball. I mean, I think I was looking at it earlier today. August 7th or something like that yep. is where it kind of bottomed out for him. 214 he was hitting by the time they got to August 7th. That's Come on, that's unacceptable. And then the rest of the way, 42 games, he hits well over, or he hits right. over 300. So, I mean, it, it, what, he had, what, like 30 extra, extra base you. hits or something like that. So, uh, this is a guy who, um, can do it and it is about staying healthy it has been for years now with him that has been the uh the the everything for him and and for guys like you know other guys on this team too like Robert we saw was healthy last year you saw what he did Aloy hasn't really been that healthy and you see what he has not been able to do so for Moncada he falls into the same bucket uh and if he's feeling good uh there's nothing saying that what you said can't come true I think you're right on, Sean, because I think he's also in his position to have protection, whether you believe in protection or not in the lineup or not. I do, because if you were facing Yoan Mankata with Ari Andrew Benintendi on first base or second, you probably don't want to throw him something off the plate because you know he has a deadly eye usually and can walk a, a ton. That means you're going to have to have Luis Robert right behind him. So he'll be seeing a lot more fastballs, a lot more challenge pitches. And I hope Yohan Mankata on which may be a walk year will take advantage of that. Today he got an 0-2 slider right over the plate as a right-handed hitter. That's the thing that I saw last year. Like he kind of improved as a right-handed hitter, drove that into the gap and drove in a run today. But I agree with you, Sean. Like Yohan Mankata, I think, no, like if he's not on the IL this year, You'll see great things from Yoan Moncada. Great things. I'm hoping so. As you mentioned, uh, Vinny, from August 8th to the end of the year, 20 extra base hits, 12 doubles, 8 homers, 316 average, 358 on base percentage. That's 53 walks to 10 strikeouts. And uh, his average exit velocity was around 90.9 near... 91 miles per hour and I don't think he's been over 89 in a while and like you mentioned doing it both from the left and right side so hopefully he's able to get more barrels as he was able to do later in the season and stay healthy it's all about staying healthy for this team uh Vinny your guy that will take a leap really didn't have I guess he did oh this isn't your leap yeah, uh, it is right this guy wasn't injured was the he guy supposed that, to be injured? No, oh. I was. I was. No, no, no. I was. I was going to make a Benintendi joke. I was uh. trying to make it seamless, and now there's a clear seam. Gotcha. It's horrendously showing. Mm. Um, but you think Jordan Leisure is going to take a leap? I do. I think that this guy could 
end up playing a pretty decent sized role in that bullpen. We keep talking about how we have no idea what that bullpen is going to end up looking like really past John Brebbia, who is hurt right now, and Tim Hill, who signed those major league free agent deals. I don't see why Jordan Leisure can't be one of those guys that, that that jumps out. He's impressing the hell out of the guys at spring training. We heard uh, from Ethan Katz say that Andrew Benintendi said he's the best guy that he's faced so far. Um, it, it it really seems like this is a guy who could be one of those late inning guys that they're looking for. You, you know, you brought it up yesterday on, on at the end of our show yesterday. You said, oh, could Davey Garcia be the closer? Kind of jokingly. And I said, why not? They don't have a closer right now. Someone needs to step into that role. Why can't it be Jordan Leisure? You know, this is uh, someone who they got in that trade with the Dodgers last year. The numbers in the minor leagues have been very impressive. And now you're getting reports from major leaguers saying that he's very impressive as well. So, um, um, I could see this guy, who knows if he's going to be on the opening day roster, who knows how that ends up shaking out. But by year's end, I think he is a, uh, a, a featured player in that bullpen for sure. Yeah, that's a good pick right there because like you said, the people have been raving about how he can throw. And since there is no clear-cut closer, he could be seeing, hey, there's an opportunity for me to do something here. With the Dodgers, for the most part, he probably was blocked by all the pe- people arms that they have out there as the Dodgers. Now we can see a clear-cut vision. It's like, okay, if I just do this, that, and the other, I'm in the major leagues, and not only in the major leagues, in a big role. So, yeah, that's a good leap right there, Vinny, because Jordan Leisure has as good a chance to be the closer of this Chicago White Sox team as anybody, including your guy, Prelander Baroa. That's who's whose guy is that? <laughs> it's your guy, Chris Getz. My guy, it's Chris Getz's guy. It's Chris yeah. Getz's guy. Yeah. Why is he my guy? I don't know. Okay, Davey Garcia is my guy. I've made very very clear who my guy is. Uh, Davey Garcia for closer. Yeah, I think Leisure is extremely interesting. You look at Stuff Plus, uh, well, some models that have uh, AAA Stuff Plus, and Leisure wasn't in AAA for a ton, but the average grade for a fastball and slider is 100. His stuff is 15% better than uh, average stuff. Uh, his fastball is 15% better, and his slider is like 21% better uh, than an average fastball and slider. So he's a guy that I think will definitely be a major leaguer this year I think he'll probably impress this year it's just really when will he get called up because I think it's more likely that Chavez and Shaw start on the team than leisure starting on the team and leisure working his way up when there is a need to replace someone I think that they're really excited about having depth this year and there's no reason to rush leisure into that spot I think leisure maybe like Santos last year by June July August, he's taking over that spot. I think opening day might be a little bit too soon, but he'll definitely take that leap because this stuff is just nasty. Uh, Herb, yeah, Max Stassi is nasty. Yeah, um, last year he missed for multiple reasons, off the field stuff and an injury. But if you look at the years before that, like in twenty one or twenty and twenty one, he was an above average hitter. I think uh, hit like two sixty those years and. Um, brought some power to the table. 20 home runs in those two years, uh, 260, 333 on base with a 460 or 452 uh, slugging. If he does that in the limited time he's going to play, because more than likely it'll be Martin Maldonado getting the lion's share of the starts if he's healthy. But whatever Max Stassi can give you if he goes back to the bat like he did with the Anaheim Angels, I think that's the leap you get from 
that catching position where you had all negative for the last couple of years for the White Sox. I know that Martin Maldonado won't pr- provide a lot of offense. If we're going to be finding offense from our catcher, it'll be somebody like Max Stassi stepping up big time for the old school uh, when he goes back old school with his Anaheim Angels or Houston Astros days. I think both Maldonado and Stassi are here to play catcher first and foremost. And I don't want to say anything they provide from an offensive standpoint is gravy, but a lot of it probably would be. Um, we'll see if, if, if that happens with either of those guys, but uh, Stassi probably would be a better candidate given his more recent history is a little bit more exciting from an offensive standpoint than Maldonado's. Um, so we'll see if it happens, and if that's the case, maybe you see a lot of those days where they try to find a way to get both of them into the lineup as we've seen in years past, You know, certainly the uh, first year of Grandal being here comes to mind when Mike McCann was also hitting well. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But but uh, um, I think they expect a lot of those guys, or at least some of them, who they went out and got for defensive reasons, mm-hmm. to be able to find something offensively. And and why can't it be Stassi, you know, more so than Lopez or DeYoung or Fletcher or whoever? Well, and you too, you bring up Grandall. It does seem like, again, they're focusing on defense, and Grandall was such a huge signing for them, and he was such a linchpin for that offense. So now we're trying to at least catch Supposed to be. Yeah. Right, supposed to be. Uh, was for, you know, 2021. Yeah. It was yeah. Barry Bonds for 93 yeah. games. Wish that would happen more. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it, it doesn't seem like the, the catcher... Uh, position has much of an emphasis and like most of this team uh, the catcher position maybe doesn't have any expectations as long as they're professional maybe Max Stassi can impress and hey you can listen to Max Stassi tomorrow on the CHGO White Sox podcast uh, as Vinny Duber sat down and chatted with uh, Herb's uh, pick to leap it's not that's not catchy. It works. <laughs> all right. I don't know if it does. Uh, all right. Let's go to Vinny. I know we started with me. I feel like we should have started on the other side. Uh, Vinny, you're taking a leap. And what's going to happen this year to Andrew Benatendi? Uh, you have it phrased there as returning to normal. Sure. I, I think that they're going to get what they wanted or what they envisioned they were going to get from Andrew Benatendi. Obviously, um, you know, fans have had uh, a different approach in terms of setting expectations for him based on what that contract looks like. But I think really they paid for what they thought they were going to get from him, which is he doesn't have to hit a lot of home runs. He, he just has to go out and get on base, do the little things. And listen, that's the kind of thing that we've heard all spring long that Pedro and Chris want to see from this team. I think he could end up being a model for, and probably was supposed to be the first, the first year also, but a model for the way that they envision this team playing. And it doesn't mean that he's going to go out and be an all-star, the best left fielder in baseball. He's going to, you know, live up to the title of the most handsomely paid free agent in club history, but to go out and do what he was brought here to do get on base be be good at hitting be a tough out run the bases well play decent defense to do all of those things the the way that he was expected to I think now he's got gotten over that hand injury he's done a little bit of work in the offseason to get himself uh doing better so I think that uh I think that Benintendi shows what he was expected to do by the White Sox in 2024 whether or not that meets your guys's expectations i don't know but that's what i that's what i will say my expectation is 10 plus home runs sean from andrew benatendi and damn right we're betting again okay we're damn we're betting and i'm gonna win this one all right good for you what what, what do you want me to say give me a hundred you could send me the hundred bucks now no give me a hundred dollars in october all right herb let's play a quick game andrew benatendi on swinging at pitches in the zone this is batter run value yes when was the last time 
Burv. Yeah. This is the last time. When was the last time that Andrew Benatendi had a positive Burv on swinging pitches at swinging on swinging at pitches in the zone? I'm gonna go with 2019, 2016. Mm-hmm. It was rookie uh, rookie year, and it was 0.5. He has never been. Him swinging at the ball is just not effective. I, I don't know how else to put it. I, I don't. I don't love the player. I don't love the bat. He's not hitting ten homers. I'll. I'll take that bet. Sure, Easily. but if. But here's the thing. But if he can do. If he can do that three sixty on base percentage. Absolutely. Then that's what. The, that's that's very good. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For their leadoff hitter, considering it was 40 points lower than that last year, and he was the (laughs) highest on the team. Yeah, right. (laughs) Really ugly stuff there. Uh, But yeah, I mean, too, if if it's around that 360, even 350, where his his career's at, uh, I think that'd be very welcomed. If his defense bounces back to a little bit more of normal, that would be welcomed. Like you mentioned, first... I don't think the power is going to be there, but as long as he's on base, right? Uh, so yeah, that, that's all that matters. And I mean, and here's the thing: like ten home Tim, runs. Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson was a very effective leadoff hitter just by hitting the ball, right? You know what I right. mean? His 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 average was high, and therefore he his on base percentage was high. Also, Andrew Benintendi can have a higher on base percentage than that, and therefore be in some ways, a better leadoff hitter, right? Obviously, Tim had a lot of other things that he was able to bring to that from an, a, an emotional standpoint, just a playmaking standpoint on the, on the offensive side. But Benintendi's probably going to be the leadoff man. If he can jack that on-base percentage up, they'll be in a much better spot than they were last year. Fingers crossed. I mean, I know I'll be 100 bucks richer at the end of the year, but whatever. Um, yeah. He, uh, he, Hilarious. He, last time he hit 10 home runs is 2021. We'll, we'll see if he's able to bounce back. I don't know. Uh, twenty what twenty nineteen? He had eight too. So uh, or thirteen. All right. Hey, may, maybe there's a there's he a chance. Five right? with a almost broken hand. Come on now. Yeah, and it took him until August to hit one. Now he's back. What did he do in the first four months? I mean, you're right. Hey, got, maybe got maybe he get one for you in the first four months. And remember too, this is another thing with the protection behind him. Maybe he runs into a couple more because people are throwing more fastballs. He's a little bit more aggressive in the zone. I know since 2016 he hasn't been, but it's a different team. He's a little bit more relaxed in this team. Uh, on pulled fly balls, his uh, hard hit rate. In 2021 was 57.5, 2022 55.1, 2023 41.4. Yeah. Uh, so he just he wasn't hitting the ball hard. It's usually important to hit a homer. Yeah. Anyways, uh, let's go on to your uh, leap. What are you going to take a leap and say the White Sox will do in 2024? Bad defense in 2023. They're going to be much improved as we spoke, spoke about all offseason. They're going to have three gold gloves. One of them is going to be Luis Robert. Who Same. didn't even win a gold glove last year when he was amazing. He didn't. Yeah. 
Number two is going to be Nikki Lopez, who was awesome both in Atlanta and uh, Kansas City last year. So second base. And then it could be a, a myriad of other uh, candidates. Maybe Paul DeYoung, who was just pretty much a zero defensive run save guy for both the Cardinals, uh, Blue Jays, and the uh, San Francisco Giants. Maybe it's one of the pitchers. Eric Fetty, uh, Dylan Cease was a, pl- a plus defensive run save guy last year. So they'll win three. And Yohan Mankato didn't have a good defensive uh, year last year, but we all know that when when he plays at the top of his game, he is one of the best third basemen, both with the bat and the glove. So you're picking Robert Moncada Lopez. I'm not picking the third person, but Robert and Robert and Lopez, 100%. And the third one can come from a multiple places. The young Moncada or the or the or the pitcher. You think you got a pitcher? Yeah. Hey, Dylan Cease was pretty good last it's year. It's called Fe- taking a leap, hey, Sean. Fe- Fetty with all the uh, ground balls. Yeah, <laughs> there Fetty, you go. Fetty was uh, <laughs> decent too. All right, hey, uh, I, won't, I won't sour it. Uh, I like it. I just wanted to know maybe who who to look out for. Not Andrew Vaughn. Third one. Sean. Not Andrew Vaughn. No, and not Andrew Benatendi. None of the Andrews. Uh, all right, uh, my leap here. <sighs> The White Sox will win 75 games in 2024. Mike Petriello of MLB.com was surprised to see when he was putting together the projected top 10 defenses for 2024 that number nine is the Chicago White Sox. We number talked nine. about number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Uh, <laughs> number nine. <laughs> uh, we talked about how bad the White Sox were last year. Negative 17 uh, outs above average. The year before, negative 17 outs above average. The projection for this team is plus 17 outs above average. So basically gaining 34 runs prevented would be huge for this team. And I think that just makes the games closer. And maybe if the games are closer, there's a little bit more fight from the White Sox. Uh, Maybe they're able to turn some of those one-run games uh, into, or one-run losses into uh, some wins. So I I think the 62.5 projection from sports books or even 64 and a half with plus money is a little bit too tough. I think I think that's a little bit harsh. This team could have a true dramatic flip if they do have better pitching and better defense and again, they have the if they have the right hitters up, maybe the right part of their lineup up, they could score their runs cuz the lower half is looking a little iffy, but if they're healthy. I like I liked your combination of the words dramatic and drastic into dramatic. Yeah. I think I'm going to start using that. <laughs> Thank you. But uh I mean, the, basically, you guys have, have voiced the same thing, which is, boy, that defense is going to be a lot better. And I, I think that um, that's true. Certainly, it better be because that was the focus of the offseason for Chris Getz, right? He brought in four new starting position players basically only to be good at defense. I'm not saying that they think that they're all going to, you know, hit a, a buck 50, but there are guys that have maybe hit not much higher than a buck 50 in recent years. So it, it, that defense better be a lot improved. I think it probably will be. Um, it's also just very hard to lose a hundred games, two years in a row. Um, Herb, I think you might be a little overzealous with the three gold gloves, but that's what taking a leap is all about, isn't it? it? Is. So um, I, I, I don't know if I have an exact number quite yet. I'll probably wait till, uh, Wait till we get closer to opening day to make that call, Sean, in terms of what you're talking about. But certainly to think that this team could lose 100 games two years in a row, it seems very, very difficult for any bad team to do that. This is what taking a leap is all about. It's our time-honored tradition. Every four years, we we take a leap. Uh, I remember the last time we did it. It was oh, good times uh, great, four great, years ago when we weren't together. Great to think back. Uh, hey, that was pre-pandemic. It was. It was, yeah. it was mid-pandemic. Didn't it start in March? 2020. 
Yeah. Wasn't it March? Right before the pre-pandemic. Yeah, so weren't we pre-pandemic oh, in February? Oh, sure. It, yeah. it was, the world was in oh, pandemic. Yeah, we, yeah. yeah, America didn't care about the world. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's take a break and we'll get to our final uh, picks here. I uh, want to let you know about our friends over at Ray Chevy. Ray Chevrolet is sharing their best month or, uh, oh, best not monthers, best offers all month long with their auto show sales event. Make your way to Ray Chevrolet on Route 12 and Fox Lake to join in on the savings. As one of the top selling Chevy dealers in the Midwest, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories. Plus, you can find the perfect tailgating vehicle at Ray Chevy because they are offering 0% financing for 72 months on new Silverados with over 100 available. And to top it all off, they're pricing over 125 vehicles under 20,000. Can pricing get more affordable than this? No, it cannot. And everyone loves the word free. That's why this month at Race Chevrolet in Fox Lake, you'll be able to get a free oil change I guess not. I should have read this a little bit. I mean, today? I mean, you gotta hurry. You gotta hurry. Gotta I don't know when Ray Chevy closes. Get there. But Get up to Fox Lake right now. I mean, you gotta just schedule it. It says. That's you, true. So schedule it today. You just gotta schedule it. So head over Give to him a ring. RayChevrolet.com. Give them a ring. Mention CHGO. If you schedule it today and mention CHGO, you'll get a free oil change. Visit Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com. They've been serving the community since 1963. Find new roads. All right, let's get into one final topic before we wrap it up here. Oh, actually, I guess we got the, the last you gotta finish little bit here. Um, yeah, we do. Uh, all right, uh, Vinny, why don't you end it with your last pick? What will make you leap into Lake Michigan? I will leap into Lake Michigan if the Sox play the most extra inning games in baseball. Fair. Obviously, Herb and Sean are going to talk about things that adversely affect the chances of this team winning. I, as I repeat all the time, do not care if they win or not, but I do care if I'm at the ballpark longer than I need to be, so... Extra inning games, no, not my not my favorite. Even if they're pitch clock extra innings with a ghost runner, I mean they're at like it's not even true extra innings. To it, be you're fair. you're right. I really have no room to complain like I did several years ago, but but, but still, it's but still, it's extra. <laughs> it's in the name, uh, Herb. What's going to make you jump into Lake Michigan? If this team is injured, a goddamn again. I know it's going to be injured, but again, like with all the players, it's not just one crippling injury, which we not fine. I wouldn't like that, but you can at least you know, play over that. If it's not this guy's injured, that guy's injured, and all at the same time or overlapping each other. That's what it seems like the last couple of years. The White Sox have just been bad, firstly, and then also run into the worst luck as far as their players, especially the position players. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, too, if a guy like Michael Kopech gets injured, I think if Moncada or Robert gets injured or Cease gets injured, I think that's an oh, easy way to, to jump right into Lake Michigan. Uh, I didn't go there, but I think I'm with you. I think we'll be holding hands if any of those injuries happen as we jump into Lake Michigan. Uh, my non-injury one is Kopech to the bullpen. I don't think there's a reason for him not to start 30 games unless he truly goes to the organization and says, I cannot be a starter anymore. I think I'd be more effective in the bullpen. I think the White Sox have every reason to have that leash be 40 feet long on, on Michael Kopech as a starter. Let him prove as much as he can how bad he is as a starter until you take him from that role. And if they put him in the bullpen by May, June, I'll be in that lake. I know it will probably be pretty tolerable at that point, but it's not like Dan O'Connor jumping. Oh, it's not Dan O'Connor jumping into it today, uh, right? So uh, you know, it, it, it could be worse. Yeah, he's the lake. He's the great lake jumper. Ugh. When you have a name like that, you got to do it every single day. That, isn't that a, isn't that the next variety of lining kugels that's coming down the way? The great so. like, great lake jumper. And they're gonna have a picture of Dan plopping into the lake. Uh, but yeah, if if Kopex in the bullpen, I think that would be frustrating. I think that what you said 
is true. You're, you're saying it in terms of you hope that. I think that is the case. I think the White Sox are giving him the longest, they keep using the word runway, runway possible to become a major league starting pitcher, the major league starting pitcher that everybody was expecting to see with him. If Michael Kopech ends up in the bullpen, it means they have exhausted every chance to try to make him a starter, and it means things have gone very poorly. Yeah, right. And I know Bruce Levine's trying to make it happen, trying to ask Chris Getz at every time that he can well, if he'll be a closer. And, and let's chill, Bruce. And Bruce isn't the only one. Our our comments are filled with this all the time. Like right. like you know whether that whether or not I don't even know if that's Bruce's opinion because so many fans do have that opinion. Right. And so like asking that question for for the fans who do have that makes sense because there's so many people out there going make him the closer, make him the closer, make him the closer. He'd be so good at it. It's it's worth it's worth understanding what the team is doing. I should have kept that one to myself. Hit that thumbs up button. Make sure that you join us tomorrow at 5 p.m. We'll have Max Stassi to close out Vinny's interview series. But what about Gavin Sheets' two homers, Sean? Do you want to talk about no, it? No, I just was. Okay. That's what I wanted to say. I mean, I think it's like the mentioning. Should we mention Gavin Sheets' two homers? We should, and we did. Okay, yeah. perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I also want to maybe, if we do go into the Gavin Sheets stuff, uh, people are talking about Jim Tomey in the Discord. I know that he's been popping up, so maybe we talk a little Jim Tomey and why he's around White Sox camp uh, tomorrow. Make sure you join us at 5 p.m. tomorrow. Hit that subscribe button. Thank you for uh, very much for commenting. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Eckerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Sarah for producing the show. Hit that thumbs up button and we will see you tomorrow at 5 p.m. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Silly like the mayor.